In the midst of the pandemic, it's time to thank a truck driver. New figures show just how much e-commerce is changing our lives. And our nation's ports continue to rebound. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director of DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCV-TV. Five channels of streaming video are yours for the viewing on DCV-TV. Major improvements have recently been made to the DCV-TV platform to enhance the viewing experience, provide greater search capabilities, and to expand the capacity of the video library well beyond the 3,000 plus videos already in the archive. Be sure to check it all out at dcvtv.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Randy Gilliatt is the chairman of ATA, the American Trucking Associations. Welcome, Randy. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Dave. First of all, could you tell us a little bit about the work of ATA? Well, American Trucking Associations is the voice of the trucking industry in Washington, D.C. We're also a federation, so we've got affiliates in all 50 states. Uh, so representing the trucking industry for advocacy uh, on safety issues, on regulatory issues, and uh, we carry out the mission of the trucking industry. Um, this is National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. How did that come about and what does it mean and how is it recognized? Well, the American Trucking Association started in 1988, uh, and with the aspirations, and, and certainly hopefully we're doing that now, is recognizing the important role that truck drivers play in the economy and uh, to be able to show our appreciation, not only from a trucking industry perspective, but also our shippers and the motoring public. Uh, we want to recognize the hard work that truck drivers do and let them know that we appreciate everything that they do, especially this year in the face of the pandemic. Yeah, and of course, with the pandemic, uh, truck drivers are more essential than ever. Uh, can you talk about how they have been able to keep going and moving things along throughout the pandemic and keeping goods flowing? Yeah, certainly, you know, especially initially on, you know, the, the rest of the, the, the country basically shut down and, and the, the truck drivers uh, stayed on the road delivering uh, medicine and delivering food, delivering essential goods. Uh, across the country, uh, and and certainly the, their job, their day-to-day -day jobs, has uh, been considerably different, if you will, uh, traveling around the country. You know, a lot of, uh, of, of rest areas closed down. The ability for truck drivers to go into a, a truck stop and and uh, not only just to fuel, but to use the restroom and potentially. Uh, have a meal or something. You know, all those types of things changed on the drop of a dime with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So it, it certainly has changed a lot. Um, things are different now compared to what they were back in March, but they're still nowhere near back to normal. And, and I'm not sure what normal is going to be for truck drivers in the future, uh, as well as the, everybody, the entire population. So you know, we really want to, to show our appreciation to our, our national truck drivers um, this week, as we always do, but especially in the face of the pandemic and, and knowing now just how important and how essential our truck drivers are to the whole economy. 
you had mentioned that uh, drivers were finding it difficult to even be able to enter some of the facilities uh, with the risk of COVID. Uh, how are drivers coping out there? Are there particular ways that they're being able to maintain their safety on the road? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I would say this, that each truck driver, as, as each individual across the country, is handling it in different ways. You know, the American Trucking Associations uh, very early on put out uh, free hand sanitizers. Uh, motor carriers were out there with protective uh, 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 masks and gloves and so forth and so on. So, you know, we support it as an industry, but it's left up to the truck driver and, and have it accommodate, if you will, each shipper uh, and each receiver uh, on their uh, uh, requirements. And each of them are different. So it's been stressful, if you will, for truck drivers out there, and we appreciate the job that they've done. And um, you know, I think we're getting through it, obviously, um, but we've got a ways to go. And as long as the pandemic is around, things are going to be different. Are there particular things that uh, carriers and shippers and your organization is doing to recognize drivers this week? Yeah, uh, you know, across the country, uh, whether it be uh, American Trucking Associations giving out uh, uh, free shirts and, and, and sponsoring raffles and, and so forth and so on, or whether working with our state affiliates or, or motor carriers and shippers. You know, uh, for instance, you know, in my truck line, I, I just grilled up everybody a meal yesterday. Uh, we normally do uh, a lunch, and, and, you know, of course, we did things a little bit different, social distance here. Uh, and packaged up our meals uh, so that they could eat, eat social distance apart from each other at our facility or choose to take it in their trucks and go home with it. Uh, so everybody's doing things a little different, but yeah, we recognize them. Uh, uh, we give them whatever, whether it's a shirt or whether it's a hat or, or something like that, meal, if we possibly can do that as well. Uh, and that's going on across the country. A lot of motor carriers are doing that. A lot of shippers are doing it. Uh, and, and we're glad to see that recognition out there. We've been hearing for years about driver shortages, and of course, we all know that capacity has been down this year with the pandemic. Has it been difficult to find drivers who are willing to drive in the midst of the pandemic? Yeah, I, you know, as I said earlier in our conversation, each driver, if you will, has got a different personality, just like we all do. Some of which were were very uh, brave, if you will, uh, at the onset of the pandemic, and and just kept on driving straight through. Others took a step back, may have had health concerns, may have had uh, just safety concerns for themselves or their families. Uh, so some of them chose to come off the road. Uh, so, uh, you know, the shortage of truck drivers was, was uh, exponential, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, where, you know, as we all realized, some of our essential goods needed to get to shelves, supply chain, uh, was a little bit different, right? You know, we were used to having uh, maybe uh, restaurants and those type of services in that supply chain in one fashion, whereas the grocery stores and, and essential goods going to medical facilities and so forth and so on is a different supply chain. So one of them got stressed, if you will, it's one side of the business got stressed initially on, and the other one, quite frankly, had exceptional additional capacity available. So, you know, things have been a little bit different, and obviously we, we've readjusted as an industry. 
business was somewhat off a little bit. Now it's, it seems to be very robust. So, you know, the driver shortage is now showing up as much as ever because uh, we did lose some of the population uh, to, to just not drive it anymore. Just didn't want to pursue that type of career, whether it's retirement or pursuing other types of, of employment. So uh, as we speak right now, driver shortage is just as bad as it's always been. Yeah, and it's going to continue, I think, to be a problem for some time to come. But uh, so. we encourage our listeners to thank their truck drivers, the people who are making their deliveries or carrying their goods. Uh, it's uh, something that we recognize this week, but again, every week we should recognize the heroes that are out there keeping our goods moving. Thank you for carrying that message out for us today, David. We appreciate that. If you would like more information on the good work that ATA plays in our industry, we encourage you to go to trucking.org. Again, that's trucking.org. Thank you, Randy. We appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Now let's turn to Ben and Victoria to discuss some other supply chain news from the week. Ben, it's not much of a surprise that e-commerce distribution has risen sharply during the pandemic, but you wrote about some new figures to back up that high rate of growth. Can you tell us some more? Sure, Dave. And uh, it really rings true with uh, some of what Randy was talking about with some of the changes in the trucking landscape as well during the pandemic. Uh, a lot of us have heard that e-commerce shopping vo volumes, as we said, have, they've spiked uh, as people uh, following business closures and travel restrictions have been shopping from their laptops and their smartphones instead of gathering indoors in brick and mortar stores. Uh, but this week, one of the fastest growing e-commerce platforms, uh, which is the Ontario-based uh, Shopify, shared some statistics that, uh, that show the details of that. The company's chief technology officer, Jean-Michel Lemieux, said that the uh, online retail sector uh, across the U.S. had experienced five years' worth of growth in the past three months alone. Uh, stats from the U.S. Census Bureau uh, back that up. Uh, they show that e-commerce sales during the second quarter, which we just finished, uh, were about 16% of all retail sales, and that's up from 10% uh, just two years ago. Uh, Lemieux did say that that curve uh, will probably soon begin to flatten out a bit uh, once a COVID-19 vaccine is discovered and um, the, the na nation and the stores begin to open up again. Uh, but he said it's going to certainly keep on growing uh, and is really on track to reach, you know, online shopping could be 20 percent, 30 percent, maybe 40 percent of all retail in the coming years. Wow, that is fast growth. Did Shopify say anything about how retailers are handling the logistics of that growth? He did. Uh, he specifically was talked about the importance of automation and robotics in e-commerce fulfillment. Uh, and particularly, uh, the discussion was about collaborative robots, uh, also known as cobots, which drive themselves around warehouses along with uh, warehouse employees, guiding people to inventory they need to pick and then carrying the inventory back to a packing station when they're done. Uh, Shopify has that area well covered because it acquired the Cobot vendor uh, Six River Systems last year for $450 million. And in fact, Lemieux was speaking at Six River Systems' annual user conference, where that robot company was talking about some of the steps it has taken uh, to keep workers safe during the pandemic, uh, such as wiping down each robot between shifts, uh, using stylus pens to operate the tablet computers, instead of uh, requiring uh, workers to touch the touchscreen with their fingers, uh, and also programming the robots to drive down warehouse aisles like one-way streets, a little bit uh, like some of us are used to doing in grocery stores nowadays, so employees can keep social distance from each other. Uh, and it seems to be all working pretty well for Shopify, 
Uh, their latest earnings report, uh, which came out just last week, showed that the company had generated uh, revenues of more than $700 million in the second quarter, and that was nearly double uh, the same quarter last year. So uh, big growth all around. Yeah, it certainly is. It'll be interesting to see how the retailers handle the holiday season with e-commerce volumes expected to be much higher than ever before. Thank you, Ben. Glad to. Victoria, you wrote this past week about our nation's ports. They're continuing to rebound from a very difficult period last spring. Can you share what you reported? Absolutely, and this is sort of in line with uh, what we've been talking about in terms of accelerated uh, growth and shopping. So this week, uh, ports on both the east and west coast posted strong uh, cargo volume reports for August. Um, as you said, Davis, it can kind of continue to climb back from what they saw as pandemic-induced low levels, particularly in May. Um, so just to give you a, a quick couple of points, in South Carolina, the Ports Authority there said total volume through the ports was up 18% over July and up 33% since June. And officials also said that August marked the second highest month uh, ever for imports. Similar in the Port of Virginia, uh, this week they said loaded imports rose for the third straight month in August, so continuing that upward climb from May. And that overall cargo volume to the port was up uh, 12% um, compared to July. Yeah, on the West Coast, both uh, the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Oakland um, saw similar results. Uh, they posted monthly gains in August. Los Angeles reported the, its first monthly cargo increase in a year. Uh, officials there citing a 12% gain um, that was driven by imports. And in Oakland, a similar story. Imports were up for the third straight month, and they jumped 9% compared to last August. So that was a good sign. Um, despite all the increases, though, all four of those ports said year-to-date cargo volume remains down. So the bottom line seems to be that we're, we're seeing a positive trend the last few months, but year-over-year comparisons still reflect uh, slower activity. Is a growth that we're seeing recently due to the peak season shipping demand? Yeah, it seems so, exactly. Most of the ports um, that I heard from this week uh, said that the surge is really in imports as retailers restock dwindling inventory levels over the last few months and they prepare for peak season. Uh, some of the things we're seeing coming through are pandemic-related items um, such as e-commerce goods, uh, medical equipment, PPE, those kinds of things. So, so yeah, the general sentiment seems to be that the upward trend will continue into September due to due to peak season and holiday shipping coming. But they also say it's hard to predict uh, what volumes will look like further into the fall, and that's due largely to the uncertainty that the pandemic has created. And it also looks like a lot of the investments that they've made in port infrastructure the past few years have also begun to pay off, right? Absolutely, yeah. Particularly on the East Coast, um, there's some expansion projects and a lot of building going on to I'm sorry, to accommodate increased activity. And much of that's driven by the e-commerce acceleration that Ben talked about earlier. Um, just a couple examples. In South Carolina, they've embarked on a number of harbor deepening projects recently that allow them to receive larger ships. Um, and just as one example, Charleston will welcome its largest ship ever this weekend, the CMA CGM Brazil, which is kind of making its way along the East Coast now. Um, they're also expanding their Ridgeville Commerce Park, which is an industrial property about 30 miles outside of Charleston. And the interesting thing there is uh, Walmart is set to build a 3 million square foot distribution center on the property. Um, the ports also announced this week that they received a federal grant to, to help build out that site. The grant was for more than $21 billion and it'll help with both on-site and off-site improvements that, you know, will also, you know, will, in addition to 
you know, benefiting the UDC will, will help future tenants as well. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of growth going on. Well, hopefully that demand will remain strong after the peak holiday season ends. Thank you, Victoria. Yes, you're welcome. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Go there to check it all out. And thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights of the news this week. Always glad to do. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks. And again, our thanks to Randy Gilliatt of ATA for being with us today. We encourage your feedback on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCVTV. Be sure to check out the latest videos on dcvtv.com, the largest and best source of videos for the supply chain industry, including DCVTV Channel 4. This viewer-contributed channel includes hundreds of videos that DC Velocity readers and industry suppliers have uploaded directly to the channel. Stop by often to see the latest uploads. Again, go to dcvtv.com to view them. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when our editors will share their experiences at this year's CSMP Edge Conference, which will be held virtually next week. Be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.